0: Oh, hey, it's Simon here. Just a quick one to let you know about a very cool feature where you can now text the show for free. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes. You click it, your SMS app opens, and you can send us a message directly. There's a little code at the beginning of the message. Don't delete that. It helps the podcast provider know where to direct your message, i.e. straight to me. Don't worry, we don't see your number or any details, so we can't reply. We just see the area code, so we know roughly where you're messaging from. Super cool. And again, free. So why not try it out during this episode? Let us know which episode you're listening to, or where you are, or what you liked, or join in with some banter, or make a a B-pun, or recommend a movie, or tell me what snacks you're into, or anything that comes to mind. Like I said one more time, it's free. So shoot us a text, and I'll respond to my favourites on future episodes. Okay, Let's get into it. Sifu taught us
1: kung through so that we could become good, righteous men. Now, we all swore together that we would defend the weak. Computers are for nerds, but I can kill helicopters with a car. If we ever have to avenge anyone,
0: we're in so much trouble. I am the most... Like you, won't. If you, got your name, you can call it the art of fighting without fighting. Stick around. Some motherfuckers
1: are always trying to ice skate on me. Dodge this.
0: Welcome to episode three of what has to be a new favorite podcast. I don't see how anything else could be possible. It's Dodge This, an action movie podcast, and my name is Simon Fielder. I'm a human man, I'm in Amsterdam, and I love action movies.
1: And I'm Matthew Hyten. I am also a human man, uh, but I'm in London. But I also love action movies.
0: Thank God. Otherwise, (laughs) this whole thing would have fallen
1: apart. I thought I'd do it as a good, bad sandwich.
0: Thanks very much. And it's only taken to episode three for me to forget there is a time difference between us and turn up to the podcast One hour early. So you're welcome. Uh, If you're listening to this one hour early, I I don't understand that sentence. Now, um, the year is still uh, 2021 as we record this, and it feels fitting that um, right at the end, it's only episode three, but the mighty hand of COVID has already karate chopped us in the neck. This episode was supposed to be Uh, us getting very excited about Matrix Resurrections, which comes out today, the day we're recording. Wednesday, the 22nd of December, worldwide release. However, Matthew Heighton has been quarantined due to being near a person with COVID, and the Netherlands is on a countrywide lockdown, so all of the cinemas are closed. (laughs) I'm quite sad about it, and now we both have to resist watching it at home until we're
1: allowed in a cinema. It's it's brutal. It's three films I've been blocked from this week, and Spider Man, Spider Man, and West Side Story. I was going to go and watch.
0: Oh, that would have been a West Side Story would be a nice counterpoint to the action stuff. Regular listeners are probably on tenterhooks um, about whether or not we've watched Tick Tick Boom yet. I can say I have watched it, and I really liked it.
1: I can also say I watched it this week and I really liked it. <laughs> too much correct. action though, too much action.
0: Too much action. Too yeah. much fighting. Got yeah, to tone that down. It didn't need it didn't need that sword fight if I'm it, being honest.
1: <laughs> it detracted from the musical.
0: <laughs> uh was very great though and that I mean just, you know, it just lets people know that we both have hearts. So that's lovely, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um other than that, um it's Christmas, so we're both very excited. Uh and so In order to counter the um, disappointment of us not getting to see Matrix Resurrections, we've um, fast-tracked another movie that we were going to watch later on uh, in the season, which is The Paper Tigers. Both very excited about that. And because it's the most wonderful time of the year, we've thrown in a little Christmas bonus, and we've both had a look at Die Hard. Because why wouldn't you? It's Christmas. (laughs) And that's as deep
1: into that argument as we go. But before we open
0: up the Santa's sack, should I, I think I might stop with the sort of Christmas stuff. I like, I like it to make everything really Christmassy, but I'm going to run out of sort of analogies for Christmas at some point. Let's head into Santa's grotto and find out what trailers he's brought us this
1: week. What, are we going to start with, Trey the Wise, Simon? Please please tell me. Well, I put this in the document quite late, so I don't know if you've seen I've, it. I've watched them all. Thank God,
0: because I didn't. I didn't think he was going to be able to do it before the end of the year, but Bruce Willis has managed. <laughs> He's managed to sneak... I guess he had a day free at some point and he snuck in another movie appearance in American
1: Siege. We we can't be sure, though, that it's not just a director's cut of one of the many other films (laughs) that that has the exact same plot that he's in this year.
0: It could just be a deleted scene from uh, one of the other seven movies that they've just recut (laughs) to make it look like he's in this movie. This film going off the trailer should just be renamed Guns. I couldn't tell you what it's about. It I it definitely has people shooting
1: guns at a house in it. I know that. It started feeling like it was going to be something very different and then suddenly it's Bruce Willis the town sheriff who goes around to a guy's house who everyone likes in his town because he's been kidnapped for something so they now are going to do a siege on the house by just shooting through a wooden house which I I'm I'm no bullet expert. <laughs> there's a reason why
0: americans get hit worse by tornadoes right it's because yeah. of wooden houses
1: yeah there's a there's surely some sort of fable about building your house out of, out of wood
0: yeah and when the wolf comes and attacks it with an ak-47 you're in trouble
1: that's another bruce willis film next year when the wolf comes <laughs> I
0: will. Wa- I will watch it. In <laughs> fairness to us, we haven't watched any of these director video Brucey movies. Who knows? They could all. We should. Be we should
1: wait for them all to be on demand and do one big Bruce-a-thon. Oh my god! It's so much. It feels like punishment. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: suffice to say, um, Bruce is d- almost definitely in at least two scenes of this movie based on the trailer. That much we
1: know. I get that. There's only so much you can say about a Bruce Willis trailer these yeah. days
0: and that is they've got bruce willis in the film for a contractually obliged amount of time that's yeah. it that's the- it all right let's let's talk about some of the stuff that maybe does look a little bit more interesting um this popped up a couple of weeks ago reacher the jack reacher a tv show finally is here i never been a jack reacher fan but i quite like this trailer i quite liked it. In the last couple of years, I've read two Jack Reacher books. My dad was a big fan. I'd never looked into them. I read one, thought it was all right, and then I read, went back and read the first one, which it seems this show is based on. And
1: they, you know, they're they're pretty much just like action movie books. Really, they're very enjoyable. I've never got into the action movie as a book genre, but um, no, fair. I I don't think I'll be reading these. So I probably will watch the series. I really like. uh, Is it Alan Richardson is the main guy in it? Yeah, I don't know him. He's brilliant. He's in Titans. He plays Hawk in Titans. Okay. And he is great in that role. He's just really good at being that sort of oafish, muscle-bound, punch-first, emotion-later sort of guy. I'm sort
0: of intrigued by this show. I was a big fan of the first Reacher movie with Tom Cruise. That was before I'd read the books, and my dad couldn't stop telling me how... Inaccurate that was like, he's Tom Cruise. He's not Tom Cruise. He's this massive guy, you know. And I was like, well, I don't, I've never read the books. I don't know. But having read the books now, I'm like, okay, Tom Cruise is not that guy. But I did very much like the first Jack Reacher movie. Second one was a bit average. But this does feel like at least his stature, size, his vibe is more in line with the books. And based on the trailer alone, it seems like it is pretty. Uh, faithful to that to that first one. I hope it's good. I'd love yeah, it to be great.
1: They they do look like, because I, I wasn't a big fan of the Jack Reacher films, um, but they do look like they're trying to do what they did for Bourne when they did the Matt Damon stuff, where they're trying to bring it into a new era. Just it's got that slicker look. It's got a little, little bit more lighthearted, I guess.
0: I'm worried that he does seem a little bit sort of all-American hunk in in this, which is not how he is in my head. That's the problem with a book, isn't it? Like everyone's like, <laughs> well, my Jack Reacher looks like this. So, it's yours is yours like a British gentleman when you read Yeah, it. he's wearing a bowler hat, he's got a briefcase. It's basically uh the Kingsman. <laughs> he's, good. I recast it. But I'm intrigued to watch this and I hope it's adult and it isn't PG thirteen.
1: It does it also the thing I think is going for it so far is it does look like it's aware of itself and I yes. think without overkilling aware of itself. So I think that's positive for it. But again, yeah. it could be absolute horseshit. We don't Fingers know. Fingers crossed. Fingers we crossed DA.
0: I'm looking forward to it. It's February. I'm definitely gonna watch it. And you know, if it's good, they've got uh, literally about twenty two more seasons easy, easily <laughs> lined up. Okay, next, uh this one this one I hadn't heard anything about and um came across the trailer for the three five five.
1: Yeah, I saw this trailer about two months ago, I think. Okay. Yeah. It's um again, it's an interesting one because there's something about an action film where there's no genre to it now that makes you go, "Oh, what's this?" Like no no <laughs> right. genre, sorry, no series already in play. Cuz everything oh, feels like it's a reboot or a remake. Like it's but- an IP and you're like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
0: "I don't have, I've got nothing going in."
1: Cuz I think I think this premise is great. Like it talks about in the trailer the being an old uh, assassin back in the honky-tonk times. What's what's the old <laughs> piano times? I don't know, the American era. <laughs> I'm era's. pretty
0: sure they called them the honky-tonk
1: times. That was yeah. it, yeah. 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 Uh, and then, yeah, this this legacy of uh, female assassins who team up, who are international. It's a classic start to an action film. It sounds all right, doesn't it? In terms of like, yeah, like it is good. It's an IP. It's
0: like a new IP, right? It's not a fucking sequel. It's not based on a comic book. So like points for it being a new thing. Uh, it's an all fit. Fi- I mean, I, I guess the easy shorthand is it's like, the new Charlie's Angels, right? But yeah. without the kind of like arch tone and comedy, like a sort of serious but
1: slick load of hard women with all each a unique set of skills. To really date my references, it feels like uh, the S Club Juniors of S <laughs> Club. <God. laughs> I don't know what i with there. <laughs> we not even S Club. S Club Juniors. Yeah. No, cuz they're all grown. S S Club would be the Charlie's Angels. Oh, I see. So they'd right, be right, the right. The, the, I yeah. it's the next generation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel
0: like we've done this a disservice.
1: It looks like it could be interesting. I think I think I think it's going to be the the cast is very good. Good cast. Um, yeah. Trailer is
0: very slick. Ticks all the boxes which kind of gives you nothing like in terms of like the That's what the I was going to say. The direction, like I actually don't know who directed it. So
1: I generally get the feeling with a film, if it doesn't give you too much of the film, it's probably gonna be a good film. Whereas I think films that give you everything are like, this is all I've got.
0: Right. Yeah, you've seen all the good stuff. Yeah.
1: Whereas this is holding back. So I think I think I think it potentially could be be great. But yeah, we just we just don't know, do
0: we? We just don't know. We'll see next year. Okay, I'm gonna end I've saved the best. On the big one. Because Oh my God, this sort of blew up on uh, Twitter this week in the, in the sort of realms of, I'm going to call it action Twitter because that's how it refers to itself, like a group of probably just about 20 people who are like really balls deep into action cinema and surface this kind of incredible stuff. And it is a world that I know nothing about, but I'm, I'm getting into as soon as possible. And that is Bollywood Indian Telugu cinema. The trailer is for RRR, which I didn't write down what it stands for. Really raucous. Raction.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So this is basically like an uber action drama epic from a well-known Indian director who has made like a few of these sort of huge, big budget things in the past. And I mean... I, I'd seen a, a bit of this before, but the full trailer is oh my, it just blew my mind. It's incredible.
1: It's absolutely incredible. It's got, um, Please tell me everything you felt while watching this trailer, man I couldn't keep up with this trailer. I felt like do you know what it felt like? It felt like watching Kung Fury for the first time. There's so much going on to it and it's <laughs> so like obscenely in your face, unrealistic. But yeah, it somehow feels like oh yeah, maybe it is grounded. Like it's, it's, <laughs> I think, I think there is no danger of being grounded. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it feels like it's got its own laws, its own rhythms to it. Like yes. In terms of they have brought us through. I mean, there's a bit where um, very kung fury style where he just with his foot flips a, a motorbike over, which oh is very goodness. much like the uh, police car in that early kung fu tray. Yeah. But I mean, there's so much going on. It looks like a
0: trillion dollars. Yeah. It it's like every single rupee of the budget is on screen. It looks insane. It's like a movie from like the 1930s if it had all of today's technology. Like
1: heroes, you know, like movie stars doing movie star stuff. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a I think it's about 2 seconds long. Um so the thing I'll give this trailer and I assume this film is they take a premise and they take it to the extreme. So there's a bit with a train where it looks like there's a big train explosion. And then they're swinging off a bridge, grabbing hands. But then there's a quick shot where a train's on fire underwater and two people are walking towards each other on the bed of the water trying to fight. And that was when I was like, I'm on board. There's absolutely no way I'm never watching this film. It it was so good. So good. I'm watching this the
0: day it comes out. I I suspect, and this is something having not really delved into the sort of, uh, Indian subcontinent cinematic universe (laughs) as it shall never again be known. (laughs) Somebody, you know, in the kind of, uh, furore about this on Twitter, there were other people going, okay, this is insane. Where do I start with this? And there are a few recommendations of films like watch these to get an idea of like what this landscape is. So uh, I'm going to have a look at some of those movies, so that going into this, I kind of know this is what you can expect from these movies. Like, there's definitely going to be singing and dancing in it, right? We know this. That's something I'm not familiar with the movies. I- I'd like to, I'd like to see how that sits.
1: But I mean, this it's been a thing for about at least five years in the sort of wider mainstream thing, where um everyone's become aware of those big budget Indian blockbusters where they rip off like Transformers and stuff like that. Right, right, right. And right, yeah. the, and they their action scenes are incredible, but they're so complicated and so over the top. Insane, insane. Yeah. It's like just mind-blowing how much they put into like yeah. There's
0: so much slow-mo in this trailer. It's incredible. Like
1: yeah. it like you could just take stills from it and be yeah. like
0: it looks like a painting. It looks like a bit like it just looks amazing. Uh, we, we're we definitely going to it's it's on the list
1: for for uh, next year for sure. I would I'd love to see if there's any other recent ones out that we can dive into as well.
0: Yes, there is one that I have been recommended called War, which is uh, like a modern day um, cops and robbers type action movie, which is on Amazon Prime US, which I will be watching shortly. If you would like to join me in that, I will watch that. Could that could be our uh, gateway.
1: I think this genre is going to change me.
0: Forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. It it looks amazing. It looks amazing. All right. Uh well, the only other thing was um Expendables four is being made and uh Statham's been posting stuff on his uh on his socials with uh, like pictures of him and the gang and like Ico Uves from uh, the raid and stuff. He's in Ooh. it. I mean everyone is in it, basically.
1: They do get I think they get better the Expendable films.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen Expendables three because I thought they were sort of diminishing returns from the beginning, like not the sum of their parts. Maybe I need to change my attitude going in. It's just a lot of fun, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe once I get into Bollywood cinema, I can approach Western action movies with just like a more chill attitude, you know, and just enjoy them for what they are and stop being such an old grumpus about it. It's the time of the year though, isn't it? Speaking of which, Matthew, speaking of which it's the time of the year. For a Christmas movie, before we get to our feature presentation, let's have a little Christmas, I'm going to say it, Brucey bonus alienated everyone who's not English from this part of the podcast. <laughs> not going to explain what a Brucey bonus is, but it does seem like a smashing way to introduce a uh, diehard.
1: Welcome to the party, friend. the english version of die hard
0: um i re-watched it this week so Um, did i
1: but completely coincidental wasn't it that we both watched it Yeah.
0: yeah i my girlfriend had never seen it and doesn't really like action movies or any movie that has any amount of tension or stress in it so i managed to twist her arm to sit near me while i was watching it and she sort of dipped in and out and anytime it got a bit too shooty or bloody she sort of went and did something else I think it's just still bloody great. Me too. Me too. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. And I know that's not what the podcast is about. We're here to celebrate it. But like, I've got so many good things to say about Die Hard.
1: Do you know what? Um, I I rewatched, when I rewatched it, the one thing that stood out for me was it's a really simple story contained well. And that's why it works. It's, it's the most sort of basic, here's a setup. Here's some conflict to break it. Here's some a, a cog in the machine in the form of Bruce Willis, and here's how it's going to play out. And that is just it's just delightful to watch it unfold. Yeah, it is. I think in terms of like
0: screenplay,
1: it could be sort of
0: I'm I'm going to say studied, but I don't mean because it's like oh, it's uh, it's the the fellas of its generation or whatever. But just in terms of like mechanics of a screenplay, it just like it lays it out it sets up all the things, it ticks like all the boxes that you need to do. Like it gets you involved in all the characters, almost every character in it, no matter how minor, like has a defining moment. And within, within like the first minute of the film, it's like when people talk about the first episode of uh, friends where, you know, almost everything about each character within like their first two lines. And, and it's, Diehard does the same thing, you know. He's 100%. on the plane. You see he's a gun he has a gun. He says he's a cop, he's got a thing for his wife, like he says something that suggests their relationships is on the rocks. You get so much info so succinctly.
1: Yeah, it just, it's the best thing that a film can do is uh plunk you in in the middle slice of a cake, sort of there's been a whole cake before it. There'll be some cake after it, but it's all there. And Please love, extend
0: this cake analogy.
1: It's a good cake. I don't know why I chose cake, <laughs> but it's a good cake. Um it's it's amazing. There are there are things like um I love this style of action film. There's a real thing in action films, uh, certainly, and, and quite a bit in sci-fi as well, which is uh new technology bad, smash smash good. <laughs> like I think this doesn't. The Die Hard series certainly gets worse for it uh down the line. But there is that certain thing about um can a man not be a man if he can't Just smash bad technology. Like, there's always something about, um, yeah, like something innately bad about the world, how it is at the time of filming versus how it was. Interesting. I think Die Hard's one of the earliest of those. I really love it.
0: So, I mean, little bits. That must have peaked in uh, Die Hard 4.0 or Live Free and Die Hard, which was about like viruses and it was so techie computery, right? Yeah. I don't think we can acknowledge Die Hard 4 as part of Canon frankly.
1: Yeah, to be fair. But <laughs> Di- Die Hard 1 is really techie for its time. Like, the Nakatomi Plaza is the most high-tech building going. I know. And so
0: few things in the movie date it. Yeah. And then there's just a couple of moments, like, when he first walks into Nakatomi and he's like, just uh, type in your wife's name and Bruce Willis has this look on his face that's like, "Huh." I guess we're living in the future. And then it <laughs> yeah. looks like like a high score table from a Nintendo Entertainment System where he's like, type in his wife's name. <laughs> on
1: MS-DOS or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, and all the hacking takes place, you know, on like a, the Matrix-style, black background, green text, um, sort of 1980s computers. Uh-huh. But aside from that, like, it just doesn't really feel dated. So much of it actually made me think of, like, how action movies have changed. Like in those, in those first sort of 20 minutes, there's so many long shots. Like there's just so much less cutting. There's like the, the cinematography just goes from like a really great shot. The camera moves to another really great shot. You know, that they pull focus to something else. Like it doesn't just go like cut, 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 cut. It's like, yeah. we just follow something or we like focus on one thing. It's so well cinematographed
1: this is uh people will turn their nose up at this but i do think die hard as much as an action film it's also a really good character piece like you said every character feels very well rounded and it is that sort of conflict of like people like if if you you, there's parts of you that root for alan rickman because he's so charismatic (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) he's too good he's too good a baddie (laughs) but that's what i mean like you you really feel for everyone like like when he, the, the classic hands, boobies. Sure. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Shoot this guy. Shoot this guy. Great, shippy. great yeah.
0: character. Yeah. Delighted, delighted at his death. I think, I think it's okay to do spoilers, right? 23 years I think after so. the movie came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but like uh, his wife in this, she, I think she's a great character. Like, you know, doesn't have loads to do, but like you
1: get the beats of the character really quickly. But even then, like as much as it is like that sort of, uh. It's the '80s. We've got one woman in this film, and she's a wife. At least she does get moments of like showing leadership and taking charge. Like the old, um, like just trying to get people to the bathroom and stuff. You yeah. see that she's an assertive person and stuff like that. Just doesn't go shoot, shoot, bang, bang. Uh, yeah, which and is- a good
0: a good actor as well. Like yeah. this is something that. I guess maybe you do see it more in you see it in the kind of huge like Marvel movies, you know, where they're like, who are they going to get now? Like yeah. which fated actor will will play so and so. But all of the roles are played by good actors doing good acting. So even the cheesiest shit like doesn't feel too bad. Yeah, um, I will say it does have quite a lot of inept cops
1: yeah, there is a real like the um, the guy who takes over the operation uh, and like as a go at Powell. It is like what what are you yeah. doing? But that that very much feels like a mechanism because what they're very good at is setting things that will pay off. Like the the foot thing with the glass, you know, yeah, wiggle your toes. He goes off. They're very good at removing people from situations to make sure it feels quite organic about how they move in this contained space. So they have to obviously keep the. Um, police out of the building otherwise it's going to become this big shoot up so they do that in a very good way by making them absolutely gung-ho yeah yeah and
0: so inept like apart from uh the 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 his counterpart or his love interest some might argue in this movie um who the the cop whose name i'm I'm sorry i've forgotten yeah um some people could argue that this is actually a love story about to him and Bruce Willis, right? You know, they come out, they. Embrace. He cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Even at the end, it's great. He it's says great. to his wife, You got yourself a great guy there, or something like that. It's amazing.
1: But again, there's a weird thing with Powell. Like you say, it hasn't age well, but there is that very American thing where Powell's redemption arc is his whole thing is at the end, he's healed because he can kill again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They do gloss over, like, or the fact that he just goes, They're like joking, joking. I shot a kid. It's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that sort of thing is not going to fly anymore. Equally, uh, Bruce Willis having a gun on a plane and then immediately smoking in an airport in like yeah. the first
1: two minutes. It's so pre-9-11. Before we we move on from this, something about, compared to what we're talking about Bruce Willis now, what I love about this is Bruce Willis, he's got, still got a twinkle in his eye. He's still really cheeky with it. Like, yeah. Everything's played with a sort of, Ugh, grin and stuff like that and he's really sort of yeah even when he's in the shit he's still got that little wink and a smile and a little joke and stuff I really like that sort of you know he's, he may as well be called John Everyman <laughs> right right yeah.
0: well I mean he basically he he the screenwriters this movie introduced this, this genre of like the Everyman right before this it was Rambo it was Schwarzenegger's Commando it was like these huge like buff sort of meathead bodybuilders and this was the first reg- regular guy in uh an escalating
1: situation. Yeah. It's, it's it's great. I think it definitely it definitely has like there's 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 certain moments in in action that change the genre forever and I think Die Hard's one of them. I don't think I think it pretty much stays that way and everyone tries to recapture this until they have that massive shift around the born era yeah. where it suddenly becomes more about realism and you get all the Bond stuff come through where it's all about it's less about the guy and more about the situation, which I think is directly uh, to do with that boom in Hong Kong cinema in the nineties where you got all that Jackie Chan stuff where you've got everything like we've talked about before, everything is suddenly the scenery is suddenly part of the action and stuff like that. So the the set pieces suddenly become how would this person react in this thing? And yeah. Stuff like that. And it becomes more gritty and realistic. But from about Die Hard through till then, there is that sort of it does. You watch action just get glossier and glossier for a while. You right. come out of that sort of Schwarzenegger era, um, which it, there is an end of an era. That sort of um, what they call the um, the cafes they all bought the Hollywood uh, Planet Hollywood Planet Hollywood. There is there is definitely a, a golden era of action. I think it is that Planet Hollywood era. I think yeah. they sort of perfected an action genre that can't exist anymore because right. you know. In a very cheesy for good reasons as well. Men can't be that sort of men anymore. Like we've evolved right. beyond it. But there is this golden era of yes, what I like to call smashy smashy bang bang. <laughs> the cave the caveman <laughs> yeah. action moves. And it's always really simple, simple stories like Commando like you mentioned. Like how can we how can we create a story where this a hulk of a man just gets to kill two hundred people? <laughs> exactly. Oh, they take his daughter. Great. Sure. How are we going to represent what he is at the beginning? He's going to come out shirtless carrying a log. Okay, we understand everything <laughs> we need to know about that character. Well, Die Hard at least like opened up the window to, like, what new
0: settings can we have for action movies? And then every movie for the next 10 years was Die Hard on a Die Hard in a, you know, Die Hard on a bus, Die Hard on yeah. a boat, Die Hard on a train.
1: But weirdly, famously, um, isn't... I know Die Hard 3 certainly isn't, but I think Die Hard 2 wasn't as well. The scripts of Die Hard 2 and 3 weren't supposed to be Die Hard films. They right. just loved the character of John McClane and retrofitted it. Yeah,
0: definitely the third one, yeah. That was a Lethal Weapon script, I think, originally. I think it was a movie called Simon Says. I don't know what, who wrote it or what it was for. That's, that's a true story because he's called he's, the character's called Simon, right? The uh, Jeremy Irons character is called Simon. Oh, So they retrofitted it. I've not watched Avengers for years. It irked me at the time because I was such a big fan of the first two. And it makes sense now that like he can't just be in another confined space. You just have to put the character somewhere else. But I always felt like it's not a real diehard movie if it's just him running around New York. And now he's got like a sidekick partner sort of character. I think I need to revisit it because people
1: people do like it. It's, It's the second best diehard film. Interesting. Yeah, over Die Hard Two, you think? I think I'm not a massive fan of Die Hard Two.
0: It's got its moments. I saw Die Hard Two in the cinema. That has aged me.
1: <laughs> Did you, do they I have guest guest lamps? Stuff? yeah, there was an
0: intermission, and uh, someone uh, came around with uh, sweets and stuff. Maybe I need to go back and watch Die Hard Two now, having yeah. just watched the first one, and then I'll watch Vengeance, and then maybe I'll change my tune and stop being such a. Christmas grumpus about it.
1: I want to. I want to hear when you you've watched it. In, in future episodes, I think we all want to know what you think of whatever happens. I will stop watching Die Hard movies after Die Hard with a Vengeance. There was a great thing where um, Google this. A guy took out an ad in the Hollywood Reporter, uh, which was he paid for a whole page. I think it was, and it was just his pitch for a new Die Hard movie because he wanted to reinvent Die Hard. I
0: and vaguely remember that.
1: Yeah. The, I thought the picture's brilliant. It was um, to do with Die Hard One. John McClane had gone to prison for his actions at the Nakatomi Plaza years later. So he'd been like held out of court and stuff. So he was in prison. And whilst he was in prison, some uh, big criminal uh, was plotting something huge. So the prison basically turns into a riot. and this It's Die pris- Hard in a prison. It's Die Hard in a prison. This prison's trying board. to get out. So. They, the police can't get in because it's in lockdown, but they have one guy on the inside, John McClane. And I thought it was the best place to put an old John McClane. Um, that, is actually, uh, yeah. that is actually a pretty good pitch. I'm open to it. Instead of, oh, computers are for nerds, but I can kill <laughs> helicopters with a car.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't hate Die Hard 4, oh, but did. Um, I have not watched Die Hard 5, and I suspect it will remain that way. All right, I think we can both agree. Um, Die Hard is one of the best action films of all time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> sold.
0: And case closed. With that in mind, um, that was like, uh, I suppose it's like a double bill, isn't it? It is yeah. like the uh, the old days movies where you could watch two movies in one sitting. I don't know. That's never happened. In my <laughs> you could still. It was a thing. You could still
1: do that. <laughs> Impossible
0: all right in that case let's uh let's go past all the tinsel and the christmas trees and lights because i'm because i'm still making this podcast really topical (laughs) for no reason let's head into uh the uh, main screen for a feature presentation and now our feature presentation dodge this all right, here we go. The Paper Tigers. Now, this is one I've been excited about seeing for a while. I'm glad we actually squeezed it into 2021 because it officially came out uh, about midway through this year. Matthew, why don't you
1: um, why don't you sum up this movie a little bit for us? Paper Tigers is essentially, if you take the starting point of a lot of 90s uh, American kung fu films where old kung fu master, karate master, sensei trains kids but then cut to 30 years later where they're all normal blokes and that is essentially the thing it's That's a le- the plot isn't it <laughs> it's a le- it's a legacy film uh without the uh the whole sort of oh we're paying back to a film that existed 30 years ago yes yeah. it's great i suppose you could say um it's in the realm of uh the show cobra kai that it was. I was going to talk about this uh, later, and we will get into that because, yeah, it is uh, Cobra Kai without all the nostalgia wrapped up and yeah. <laughs> uh, done in about oh, 100 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's it. It's three Kung Fu masters who were absolute ninjas when they were in their 20s, now in their 40s, forced to dig deep and see if they still have those Kung Fu skills.
1: Yeah. It's weird because it's definitely an action comedy. And I think what was weird about this film was um, it doesn't fall down on either side too heavily. It's never fully comedy. It's never fully action. And I think that was the weird thing watching it because it took me a while to understand where this film lied. Yeah. I really enjoyed it.
0: I enjoyed it. And I think if you haven't seen it yet, this is a good time to adjust your sort of barometer of expectations going in. Cause I think I went in slightly too hopeful that it was going to be a great action movie. And, it, and it, what it is, is a nice indie movie Yeah, that features some well choreographed action and a few lols. Yeah.
1: I think that was like, cause I don't want to get down on this film cause I really enjoyed it. And I think it's a, a lovely film, but you can definitely feel it's constrained by its budget. Um, which I think we, we've, we looked this up it's the consensus on the internet is about a million which is yeah. very low for an action film um but i think i think it does suffer in some ways cuz when they do the fight scenes they've got people who are very good at fighting but you don't see enough fighting i know i know i don't i want to i want to sort
0: of come at this from a very like reverential place i think they've made a really nice movie for so little money and it is basically like a love letter to all those movies yeah. that we watched growing up. I just wanted to see more of the fights because they have got great people in you're yeah. right. You know, they've got like uh, Andy Lee and Marshall club and people who like, they'll be like the fight's about to start. He'll do like a triple flip and you're like, this is going to be amazing. And then it just doesn't quite deliver on, on the sort of potential
1: of the people involved in it. I think. And that, thats the thing. Whenever it gets into a co- into conflict, like you want to see these three old guys fuck someone up. <laughs> like you want them to still be badass because there's a beautiful bit at the beginning where they montage through their teen years using like camcorders, like it's written like 90s video style. Yeah, I loved that. Apparently, I read. I don't know if this is true. I only read it briefly, but apparently, they made that a few years before the film, and that's what sold. The film.
0: yeah because there was a kickstarter basically yeah so some of that footage was used to drum up interest and i loved that
1: footage that footage is brilliant like that whole thing about there's something about this film that it's nostalgic in terms of the films we watch but i think it's also nostalgic in terms of it captures something about being a teenager and like I'm not going to lie. I never did martial arts. I never had a, <laughs> a weird janitor in my building. That uh, <laughs> We are so unqualified to do this podcast. Jamie, but do you know what I mean? But, um, you know what I mean? Like, there's something about how it captures the idea of when you're a teenager and how you can be so focused on this sort of lifestyle that it's never going to translate as you get older, which is interesting about the, um, quote, I'm not going to call him a villain, but the, the nemesis from their teens, Carter. Yeah. He, As a character in this film, without spoiling it, he lives that life and grows into exactly what you think that person would grow into. Whereas the main three, these three tigers, these prodigies, who the sensei were the only students, and everyone's jealous because he picked them, and they were the best. So they grow to be really normal guys. (laughs) Yeah. One who uses a Bluetooth headset from about 25 years ago. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But like, there is something about that idea that when you're a teenager... You know, if you're into this martial arts, it is your whole life, and it's a thing, and it's all like, you know, the adrenaline of it all and all. And watching that get dumped out of it is a really interesting starting point. And then having sort of them repair all friendships and stuff like that, and a little bit of like why they didn't speak for years, which wasn't that big a deal. Um, No,
0: it was sort of touched on, but it does reflect so well that uh, you know, when you're a teenager in your early twenties, you're like, I am gonna. Do martial arts for my whole life and you can kind of translate that to like whatever we were both doing in our in our early 20s and maybe we are part of that one percent that is still clinging on somehow to like oh. doing that dumb shit that we were doing
1: in an awful middle bit where i'm uh i'm too old for a janitor to take me on <laughs> <But> i'm <laughs> yeah. too young to teach a kid we're basically stuck doing this sort of
0: like hashtag creative life shit for the rest of our lives, mainly because we're not qualified to do anything else that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't even have martial arts to fall back on. Like if our, I don't know who our sensei is, but if we ever have to avenge anyone, we're in so much trouble.
1: I mean, if we do, mine's going to be a a few tweets and a sternly worded letter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, we are going to rib that guy on social media. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it is reflective of that, like, you know, just middle ageness that these guys who are absolute uh, hard asses in their twenties have grown up to be dads working in middle management and driving estate yeah. cars, etc.
1: Which circling back to Cobra Kai is exactly what Cobra Kai became. And I think, unfortunately for this film, it's probably suffered because it's probably was in production before Cobra Kai got big. And Cobra Kai does that so well. Like, I am a huge Cobra Kai fan. I think that whole show is so balanced as a sort of love letter to what it was, as a new thing, as a sort of bridge between the generation now and the generation then. It does it so well. And the action, the final episode in season two of Cobra Kai, the action scene in that is some of the best martial arts I've ever seen on TV. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a I watched the first two or
0: three episodes of Cobra Kai because people kept saying oh it's for you it's exactly for you and it just it didn't grab
1: me enough it gets better so I was like that so I watched it when it was on YouTube red when yeah. sort of Netflix get involved and the budget amps up and they sort of fall into what they know they are it gets it really finds its feet okay. and I think I think season 1 is great and it gets better but season 2 it's the honestly if nothing else push through to the final <laughs> episode of season Put the 2 the work in honestly the the action scene it's just it's just great and again okay. it's that that whole thing about um exactly what paper tigers had what we're saying then that whole thing that when you're a teenager this feels like the most important thing ever but as an adult it clearly isn't like you you don't need to have a gang war or something like that <laughs> right right <laughs> you know they say it, it isn't gonna ruin your life if you don't meet someone to fight them on a pier like that yeah. sort of thing i that- feel
0: like west side story might suffer equally in this uh in this sort of grown-up situation
1: mate <laughs> oh no uh, but um, You, you yeah, know what I mean. i'm
0: gonna dive into cobra kai again i feel like i maybe i need to revisit it maybe i need to stick with it a little bit more because I, the karate kid is was one of my favorite movies as a teenager i watched that movie so many times and if i ever see the end of it i cannot hold the tears back it's uh, it opens up a part of me that I just don't often find, Matthew. <laughs> but yeah, I I got a, it. didn't grip me enough, and then I didn't stick with it. So maybe stick, like stick, Die Hard stick with a with Vengeance, it. I need yeah. to revisit it in the face of uh, public opinion that is the opposite to mine.
1: Yeah, it did. Um, I tell you what, watching Paper Tigers did. It is such a love letter to. I think people should watch it if they liked the sort of Karate Kid films in the nineties, like we were talking about earlier. Because that Hong Kong cinema wave, when, when Jackie Chan sort of um, pushed over to sort of the West and we got all the rush hour and stuff in the mid-90s and things like that coming over and becoming really big, there was that wave of like coming off the back of the Karate Kid and stuff like that. And you had things like, this film made me remember Three Ninjas.
0: Yes. <laughs> three Ninjas, um, like Surf Ninjas, yeah. Warriors of Virtue. Oh wow, yeah. Do you remember that one? I remember I think they the were cover Kangaroos. For that. Yeah, something <laughs> like that.
1: It did put me in mind of that kind of movie. But the, you forget how big this sort of cuz like everyone thinks of that sort of wave in the 70s after Bruce Lee becomes big. But there was such a wave of it in the 90s as well, you know. Uh culminated in, like, the Wu-Tang Clan and stuff like that starting to get involved in it. In <laughs> right, having of, their own yeah.
0: video game out where yeah. a, it's a fighting game. You,
1: you forget how much, like, that sort of, yeah, permeated through the, the action sort of uh, genre or action scene in that time. But you do forget that that sort of story, there's so many versions of it, I think largely because the Karate Kid did it so well, of child is who has no experience is taught ex-martial art, because of this thing. And yeah, like it is, it's, it makes sense now why we're seeing films like this in Cobra Kai, because yeah, all the people are in them are at that age in their life.
0: It's literally, we are the exact target demographic for this movie, right? But
1: but that's the thing, isn't there? There is not it theres that sort of like after the credits roll thing that I am really glad they, they set this film as that, because there is that like, what happens if you are really good at like martial arts, then what? Like, then what if you, unless you go to sort of tournaments and stuff like that, and they address this in the film about like why they don't become X, Y, Z. But yeah, I mean, like, what happens once you've defeated the bullies, but you're still shit hot in martial arts? Do you, <laughs> do, you become a, do you become a thing? There's a really good thing in Cobra Kai, not to keep going back to it, but to spoil it. There's a whole internet theory before Cobra Kai about how Daniel LaRusso is actually the bully, and actually yeah. he's the top. And they address that in it and stuff, and it's all about that perspective and stuff like that. I yeah. think I think there's probably going to be a little wave of this sort of film i'm here for it you know i i got plenty of time
0: for uh looking back with the sort of rose-tinted specs on that era uh, and i think they did a great job and i think uh, we touched on it so uh, briefly but like with a budget of a million dollars yeah you know we talked about one shot having a budget of sub five million dollars uh but w- to pull it off with one million i think is very impressive like it looks really nice like it's shot nicely. It's all it ticks all the boxes in terms of like that. It 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 has a low budget sheen to it.
1: Exactly what I was going to say. Just because me me and you are kind of uh, big fans of cameras and and all the nerdy side of this, but they did have that sort of DSLR look where they've got some fast lenses, so they had a low de- depth focus. of field. yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. And it is that's sort a of real indie feel to it, and they've just colored it nice. But it is it's one of those films that. It knows what it is. I think I would have loved... I, I don't think... They build up this sort of resurgence to them rekindling their childhood. And I would have just loved to see that pay off bigger in a sort of like huge action scene. I, yeah. But obviously, yeah, they, they can't do that to budget and stuff like that. That's
0: where that's where you see the budget restrictions a little bit, isn't it? That you're like, okay, the final fight. Yeah. Here we go. And it's like,
1: ah, yeah, ah, Yeah.
0: Oh, that could have... I could have watched that for twice as
1: long. Yeah. I would I would love to see. Cause something they didn't they didn't they, like they have a really good reason for them coming back and stuff like that, but the stakes are never high. And I think if they raised those stakes of it and made it suddenly like go from comedic, yeah, we're good at this, to something like, oh, this is quite dangerous. That would right. be great. But I would love to see this as a jumping point. Like I would like to see those three characters in a film with a bigger budget.
0: Yeah. And I think and I've seen a lot of people say the same thing online, we would all like to see the three characters in their 20s, like the prequel, oh, you know? 100%. When they're at their peak in the sort of that VHS era, we want to see that movie when they're all absolute
1: badasses. I, I don't know if it's the same jacket, but one little de- detail I really loved, when uh, the main character turns up for his final fight, he's wearing the denim jacket that he clearly wore as a <laughs> kid in the 90s. And I love... Again, I love that because one thing I like about what they do with these characters is um, there's a real thing when you you get older when you see your friends in childhood how you regress into certain patterns and I think they allow them to regress without fully losing their adult selves and I really like that like they still they've escaped all this life they've moved on but when they're together he's still Danny Eight Hands and all that stuff yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs> like yeah. I like that they all call each other their, those, those nicknames from, uh, from when they were kids.
1: You can always tell how old a friend is. Like, if you like, <laughs> if you call them like Michael, you're like, oh, he's from work. But if you call calling them like Spud or something like that. Right. Spud like pants. All my yeah.
0: friends from school, we all still call each other by our surnames because we went to that kind of old fashioned school where yeah. I was called Fielder until I was
1: 15. Oh, I got um, Shites for a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Matthew Shiten. Shite and shites, yeah. Oh, Oh, no. Good good times.
0: Yeah, I think, like, there's so much good stuff we can say about this movie. Um, And, you know, like like we said about One Shot, the budget restrictions, I'm sure the makers of this movie would have equally loved the final fight to be twice as long and twice as big and happen in the rain and, and this, that, and the other. So I think the fact that they've pulled that together and they've pulled in some, like, some really nice talent and there's, you know, nods to, as we said before,
1: like Marshall Club on YouTube. The villain in it, I can't remember what he's called. Oh, when he is training, I would love to see that guy. Yeah, he well, he's brutal. he's the fight
0: coordinator, I think. Oh, so, really? Yeah,
1: yeah, I would have loved to, like, see him
0: go toe-to-toe with, uh, with one of the guys from Marshall Club that are in that swimming pool fight. Like, clearly incredible performers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just... Because it was always like the old guys versus the new guys, and the, uh, uh, what I don't know is how uh, trained the "quote unquote" old guys are in in yeah. martial arts. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really find if if they are or if they've been in other action stuff. I saw that um, Michael Shannon Jenkins was in one of the Undisputed movies, the Scott Adkins, um, your fave, <laughs> a quadrilogy that we've touched upon before. But I don't know what he played or if he was in a big fight because he doesn't really sort of get to unleash much apart from like a couple of uh, sort of locks and holds from, um, from his, what do you call it, uh, MMA-type
1: business. Yeah. Here's here's my, uh, sorry, I, I drifted off there. I've got a pitch for Paper Tigers too. <laughs> Are you going to take out a full-page ad in the Hollywood Report? Yeah, I am. Uh, I think the next <laughs> one should be, Harking back to their teen years, something that happened in their teen years affects them now, but they have to train a new generation. Here we go.
0: It's the next karate kid as well. It's Cobra Kai, it's
1: basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's got Will Smith's kid, and they get Jackie Chan to play the
1: Mr. Miyagi role. They team up with Carter. It's going to be great. Yeah, Yeah. we do have to give a shout out to the guy who
0: plays uh, Carter in this. Oh, the adult
1: um, Carter is. Matthew Page. Yeah.
0: uh, It looks like he's having a lot of fun. It does I really like, like that. again. I was like, he's is he a real martial artist? He is he's massive. pretty head in it. Yeah. He's massive. Turns out he plays uh, a dojo uh, leader. Uh, a guy who runs a dojo and does a fake martial art in a very popular YouTube series. Um don't know if he has any actual training in martial arts. I don't we didn't did we did we not deep time on Google to find this out.
1: Best martial arts is where you don't martial arts. Okay. The art of fighting without fighting, I believe Bruce Lee called it. I believe he did in the um, theme tune to this very podcast, Mm -hmm. Matthew, but
0: he is very funny. And there are some like really solid lols in this movie in that sort of, well, I've called them lols, so that's (laughs) immediately undermines all my credibility. But like in that, what I would say is a sort of Judd Apatow um, mold, you know, like little bantery bits between the characters that really kind of sell it very nicely. And I, I would have loved more of that on top of more of the fighting. Yeah. I would have loved them to go a bit harder on that. It's it's so difficult to have it be like, it's a serious movie about avenging their teacher. Plus like, Hey, we're laughing about being middle-aged plus like, yeah. we're having really serious fights. So I think as is often the problem with something that straddles genres, it, it sort of dips its toes into comedy and it dips its toes into action, and it and it never quite commits fully yeah. to either one. But as a whole, it's, it's a nice watch.
1: Yeah, I think we, we promised ourselves when we started this podcast that we want to be positive about films. And I think the, the great thing about this is it's really easy to be positive about it. I think that's something people say or often forget, is when you've got a budget constraint and you make something like this, you're already ahead of a lot of what Hollywood's doing like the fact that you can hone in and do that on such a limited amount of money is incredible. Yeah. And again, like this is why I really root for these sort of indie films to get recognition, get picked up. So maybe you can then see what's going to happen in a bigger sort of way. Uh, Exactly. As I found out this week, when I discovered Kung Fury 2 is coming out. (laughs) That's insane.
0: I know. I can't wait. I can't wait for us to get into that, but you are absolutely right. Like, and fair play to um, the people who put this together for sort of, sticking to their guns and doing it on their own terms, you know. They they had a Kickstarter to raise money. They got together that 1 million dollar budget. And according to uh their Wikipedia page, and I haven't clicked on all of the cited sources to uh check them because yeah. we just... are we are bad journalists, it turns out. But they it ha- they did have offers from quote unquote Hollywood producers. Who knows what that really amounts to. But it it is said that they had they were offered more money and, and this makes it, the, I don't want to necessarily end here, but it could be the perfect end. It says, and suggested a white lead character to be played by Bruce Willis.
1: <laughs> is that really on the Wikipedia?
0: That's what it says. I haven't clicked through to see where that quote comes from. It feels or it is real. Well.
1: And that is the perfect symmetry for an ending, I think.
0: I'm so glad that they didn't cast Bruce Willis in this and that they did it on their own terms and they cast all the people they wanted and some awesome martial artists in it. Um, yeah, I'd say, like, I'd I recommend seeing Paper Tigers. Go in in the right mind frame, and I hope we've put you in the exact right place to watch it now. Yeah. Just don't expect it to be
1: raging fire, and
0: I think you'll be all set. I couldn't say it
1: better myself, Simon. Happy, happy to close there. <laughs> Amazing.
0: this wraps up what some people are going to be calling episode three in the
1: future. And, and others are going to be calling us having a midlife crisis at the end of an episode.
0: <laughs> Make this whole podcast this is a midlife crisis. Who are we trying to kid? They say, um, that you, uh, the, one of the toughest hurdles, uh, in a, making a podcast is making it to episode seven. So we've actually got quite a long way to go, but we've done episode <laughs> three. We've got to episode three. And I think, uh, so far where they've been on time they're every 2 weeks i don't know what it says in your podcast player
1: hopefully we'll be able to see the matrix before the next oh. 2 or 3 yeah
0: i want i want to see it in the cinema but it's going to be so hard to like see all of the stuff across all social media from everyone who's had access to a cinema or has watched it at home.
1: We got to wrap it up, Simon. I know.
0: Okay. You can, um, tell us your thoughts about, uh, the new matrix or your thoughts about this show or any of the movies that we've covered so far. You can find Matt on Twitter at, uh, Matthew Heighton. Matt Heighton. God damn it. I'll work it out by episode seven, uh, and all the other socials. I'm at Simon Fielder I feel like we should say, um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and review it. But after the podcast, a little thing plays where I say that. So probably don't need to say it. Double
1: thing. Yeah, just have a lovely old time, whatever time of year you're listening to this podcast. (laughs) And also, if you do go out and watch a film because you saw us mention it, please let us know, because that would be the greatest honour Yeah, 100%, actually. I would
0: love people to um, let us know if they've discovered these films because of the podcast. I mean, that is literally the idea of the podcast. All right, well, we've witted on long enough. Um, We will see you in two weeks' time. Enjoy whatever time of the year that it is. I hope your requisite festive season was good. End sting. (laughs) See you next time. Bye.